Welcome to the new Level Up Entertainment podcast. On this show, we choose a topic that's interesting to us and then assemble a panel of experts or people with unique perspectives to discuss the topic of the week. This week's topic is pinball. We're here to talk about our favorite games, underrated gems, and uh, maybe give you guys some tips and tricks to help your game uh, do better. I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week are... Hi, everybody. I'm Harry. Nice to be here. Thanks, Scott. And hi, I'm Bridget. Uh, also, I suppose, happy to be here. I've drugged you in uh, unwillingly kicking and screaming, huh? <laughs> um, but no, uh, so in case you guys don't know, Harry uh, runs the pinball stuff at our store. And Bridget runs the uh, the arcade in the mall, Starcade, uh, downstairs from us. So I'm a bit of a newer pinball player. I didn't really start getting back into it till uh, a couple of years ago uh, when the pinball racings really kicked back up. So you guys have a little bit more experience in doing this stuff than I am. Um, but that said, you know, I've really been enjoying it. It's been a fun uh, hobby and pastime. Um, I can't wait till we can start being open and playing pinball again. Um, but that said, you know, let's give people a little bit of a baseline uh, for what kind of games and stuff we like. Um, so one of the things I wanted to hit today is I want to talk about some of our favorite games. Um, it's only fair I start off with one of my favorites, uh, Medieval Madness. Um, I love the theming because, uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of a goofy fantasy sword and sorcery knights thing. But it's got a castle you can bust down and all kinds of fun callouts. It's got Tina Fey in it. Um, I love the way it shoots. It's got a good flow. Um, I know it's one of the more popular pinball games, so it's not really like I'm breaking new ground saying that's a good game. Um, but I don't know if you guys have a particular favorite you would like to bring up. I'll throw it to Bridget first. No, no, you go. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Scott, just really quick. Medieval Madness, great game. Uh, it's like one of the favorites on both the tournament scene and, you know, casual players like it too. It's a great fan layout. So uh, good pick. Good pick there. Mm-hmm. Um, my first one on the list, I'm going to go with, and yeah, it's totally original, but I'm going to go with the Adams Family. Uh, that is one of my favorites. It's mode-based. Uh, which I really like mode-based games because it gives you an objective, things to play for more than just score. And uh, I just think that call-outs are great, and it, it's one of the best multi-ball starts in pinball. It's, it's a great package. The Adams Family. It is super exciting when someone gets a multi-ball going in that game, the build-up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Bridget, what's so one that, of your that, favorite that, games? Then? Oh, is it my turn now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I guess those are both really good picks. I mean, Medieval Madness, I think is one of the greatest games of all time. Um, not just saying that because I have one, uh, but it's just so much fun. And Adam's family is a lot of fun. And I never like when we're playing in league, it's never like, I have to play those. They always get so giddy. I, I am so bad at picking games. I have 31. Um, and I almost feel like ashamed to pick a favorite because they're all so fun in their own way. Um, it's like toss up between probably Twilight Zone or Fun House. Ooh. Again, it's not like not very obscure, I know, but Fun House kind of yeah, freaks me are... out a little bit. That guy's like head in it. I love it, Rudy. He's such a mm, antagonist. <laughs> But I mean, if you want to say like call outs, like just the stuff he says, 
I feel like motivates me so much. I want to just hit him in the face, which is what you're supposed to do. So, yeah, he you know, we don't have much option. Yeah, kind of, he's almost all face. He's nothing and but face, nothing but lip. The Twilight Zone's another great pick. It's got everything and the kitchen sink thrown into that game. So, like, they really went all out. When you look at the features that are in that game versus what's in games that come out nowadays, it's like, how were they that far advanced, you know, 20, 30 years ago? And we're still struggling to put magnets in games. So I also just pick. love how it's, like, such an homage to pinball. Like, it has all of the different sort of elements from, like, other Williams games. Like, I can't think of any off the top of my head but there's so many little like callbacks to other mm -hmm. games mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah it's always like fun World once you start knowing eggs. some of these because a lot of pinball games have a lot of easter eggs in them um, but another one of my favorite games and I was actually just playing it on Pinball FX3 because uh, there's not a really good copy of it in, in the area uh, but I love Monster Bash um, mm. I'm a huge fan of uh, a, like, goofy rock stuff, and B, the universal monsters, so you mush them together, and it's full of modes and things to collect, and it's, the, it's, the call-out's really, like, uh, it, there's lots of music in it, and there's bash toys, and it's just a lot of fun. It, like, checks a lot of boxes for me, and I love that the creature, the Black Lagoon part of it, has the, has a holographic part of the playfield, which is a big, was a big part of the Creature from Black Lagoon pinball game, which is also really good, but not I like Monster Bash much better. Wait, Creature might actually be my favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that game. Creature's good. When you guys first opened when you were in the showboat, uh, me, Harry, and our friend Brian went there like 4th of July or something. Um, and we were having like a little competition amongst ourselves. And they're way better at these games than I am. But I did beat them on Creature from Black Lagoon. So I like to bring that up whenever I, uh, whenever I can. They've since crushed me on it almost every time. But... I did do it that one time, and I was very happy. Monster Bash, going back to Monster Bash real quick, and then I'll jump on Creature. The Monster Bash game, I think, is the best example of, like, a mini wizard mode and then, like, a main wizard mode, which is, like, the, the, the your reward for beating the game, you know, if you beat a pinball machine. So if you just start the monsters, you get, like, this uh, mini, you know, multi-ball scoring fest, which makes you feel really good. But if you play the monsters and you get all their instruments then you have the whole band together. And like, that is the end all be all, like you're the best. And I think, I think Monster Bash is a great for beginners that want to get to the end of a game. I think Monster Bash is a great start for that because it's, there's only six monsters and you're good to go, so. Yeah, I was just playing it very casually and I wasn't really trying and I got like all the monsters except for Bride of Frankenstein, like no problem. And I think I got at She's least- tough. I got at least Dracula's and I, probably the Wolfman's instrument just because they're the easiest to get. Um, Bride of Frankenstein's kind of hard to get. Her shots are more tricky compared to the other ones. There's a really cool rule. Yeah, I would love for you yeah. guys to get Monster Bash too. Um, yeah, me too. Because I don't want to call out uh, the place around here that has it, but they don't maintain their games. So it's kind of like busted. We don't know that. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not... I'm not calling anyone out specifically, but I would love one in the area. Um, I, I've never actually played it. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't play games. I, like, don't play pinball. I really don't. Is it because you have to, like, maintain? Like, I don't play pinball. How many pinball games do you guys have? I I think we have 31. I was, I was going to say at least 30, right? Is it just because you maintain them all the time and it's just too much of the sausage is made? 
I just like don't know where else to play them. Yeah. Um, besides like upstairs, obviously, and yeah. I play Harry's. Yeah. But uh, and like if I go to the Morristown Game Vault, um, I is like the only other place that I play pinball regularly. But like David and I um, have pretty much the same games, um, so I don't get to play. A lot. I don't go to tournaments or anything. I'm not good enough. You're too busy running an arcade. Running one, yeah. Yeah, I'm too busy fixing all of the things some people break. I was about to say, since since we're a, you know, you guys are an arcade, so it makes sense that you guys have, maybe not make sense, but like it, people understand that you have pinball games and stuff to play. Since we're a store and we have them, I get asked a lot for people to buy them, Um, but I don't think people realize. What a huge investment they are, not just uh, in terms of how much money they cost, um, what kind of space you're going to have to dedicate to them, but just how much maintenance and how much because how much you're going to need to know how to fix them uh, goes into it. And I think that would scare off a lot of uh, you know regular people that would just buy because you can buy these things straight from the manufacturers for your personal collection. Like you don't I'm, have to be. I'm paid, but I still get people who come in and ask to buy them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm like, yeah. I bet you they ask you like, "Oh, they're what is it like a five hundred dollars? Like, what's a banana, Michael? You know, (laughs) you kind of chuckle about like what people's perceptions of what a machine is valued at um, versus what they really are." Right, and like some people get really pushy about it, and they'll like name your price, name your price. Okay, well, if you want my Adams family, it's going to be twelve grand. Okay, can you pay that? And they're like, that's ridiculous. Well, am I overpricing it? Yes. Yeah, but really not that but much. Kind of no. Yeah. Well, especially that one I know is a very sought after game. It's like it's if if it's not the most popular game, it's one of the most popular games, like still to this day. It was the biggest selling uh, pinball machine when they started making metrics. You know, nobody can really account for the ones from like the 50s and the 60s. But in terms of when they started keeping track, it sold the most copies of any game ever. Well, speaking and of, it still holds that record. Well, speaking of different eras of pinball games, and this is going to be something that's going to be exclusive to our uh, YouTube watchers. But Harry, you've got a small collection behind you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I pulled some of from, my friends. You got them from different eras, too. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind going through those real quick, like when sure, like on no the left problem. there you've got stars, like what yeah, runs that game from? I think it's your oldest one, right? That, well, it was until I picked something up. Hang on one second. This is Uh-oh. this is a, a premiere. I picked up this Grand Prix. Oh, that's new. I haven't uh, seen that one yet. Is that now an my, EM? Yes, it's an oh. EM. It's now my oldest my oldest machine, um, which you can tell it's an EM because of the score reels. Uh, are uh, mechanical, so so yeah, I've got that now. Let me see if I can put this back without messing everything up. No, that's cool. But, I didn't uh, know you, when did you pick that one up? Uh, it was a quarantine barn find. A okay. friend of mine was getting rid of, and uh, they wanted to throw it away. And I said, no, can't throw it away. Um, but yeah, so the stars is from the late seventies, um, and it's uh, known as it's. Sort of, uh, it's between the electromechanical and the uh, more modern games. Um, so it's got like uh, electronic scoring, but uh, it's not. It doesn't have the screens like some of the newer ones do. 
Um, and then, you know, Whirlwind is from the uh, early, very early 90s. I think it's 1990. Uh, and then, you know, some of the newer ones, Tommy over here is from the mid 90s. And then Ghostbusters came out in 2006, I want to say. So, um, yeah, different, different eras. No, it didn't. Um, Ghostbusters? What? Yeah, Ghostbusters it, came oh, out in the 2000s. Uh, 2016, 2016. Yeah, okay. 2016, sorry. Well, 2010s, 2000s, whatever. Yeah, 2010. 20, yeah, 2016. 2016. Um, but it was Ghostbusters was the last uh, game that had the dot matrix display, which is what they call the they call it a DMD. Uh, it's where the dots make up the the screen. After that, Stern went to like an LCD uh, screen that has like full animations on it and everything. Which is nice. So, but, like the DMD has a charm to it that like I miss. Well, I think that the DMD um, helps these manufacturers get by licensing uh, issues with licensing and things. So if you look at a game like Iron Man, it came out in what two thousand seven, wow. eight, somewhere. It was after it Iron Man two, at least, because well, that's only it's only the first two Iron Man movies. So like twenty ten, and like a few more years after that. But um, that game has you know scenes from the movie that were recreated with dots and you know full voice acting and everything like that. And then, you know, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out a couple of years ago from the same company, and they couldn't use the, the voice actors. You know, they were fighting over which clips they could use, and it's because of the licensing. So, you know, I would argue that designers had more to work with when they had the DMD than, you know, with the LCD. I was say, even with Ghostbusters there, like, I know they used audio from the movie, but, like, none of the, they, all the actors' their faces are blank in it because you have yeah. to lose so much detail in it. I wonder if that, yeah, say, I wonder if that's something... Something to that. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see a uh, dip in the features that are included in these games. And I think it's because the designers had to put more money towards licensing than, you know, some of the mechanics of the actual game. Yeah. Well, unless you guys have got any other favorite games you want to go over, I think we'll move on to our next uh, subject here. I just um, wanted to get one shout out uh, for Star Trek, Star, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, which I think is the best theme integration for a game. It's a good because one. They went, they went and got the entire cast of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, to do voice call outs for the game. Uh, I don't know how much that cost them, but you know we don't see that happen very much anymore. You're lucky if you get anyone that was involved with the show or movie to do voice lines, let alone seven or eight different people. So uh, the modes are all based on episodes of the show. I just if you can find one in working condition, which is they're hard to maintain. Yeah, they got um, a lot of moving it. bits in them. They have those like twin cannons, right? Yeah, yeah. There's twin cannons that that need to be serviced there's, what, and, and three maintained. Three ships in it. Uh, yeah, there's like the Borg ship, and there's a Klingon cruiser, and there's, and, an, uh, there's a shuttlecraft, uh, right? Shuttlecraft, yeah, off yeah. to the side. Um, it's it's wow. crazy. There's there's a lot Tons going on. There's, there's nerd stuff. Tunnels underneath that feed the ball into different spots. It's it's really really advanced for its time, but well, uh, it, it holds up really well too. Yeah, I I would like to because I every time I do see them out in the wild, like something's wrong with them. I think Silverball's got one, but I, it, whenever I go there, it's like not working properly. Do they? I think yeah, so. they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. They set it to and, five ball. Um, what in um that barcade has one? Does it? Yeah, in Philly. Philly? Yeah. yeah. Uh, last time I was there, they didn't. They didn't have it. Um, but... Yeah, right next to they have um, Willy Wonka, Jersey Jack. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big. So, like that's something yeah. to point out to the listening audience is that like these machines are still being made. Um, oh yeah, they're still a... coming out. 
There's a huge. Um, oh, there, is there is there one in particular you want to talk about? All right. Well, well, we'll I, I might throw that to Scott. We'll, but, we'll bring that um, up now. Um, uh, as of the recording of this, what a week ago uh, was it? Stern announced their next uh, pin, uh, and it's based on the '80s Ninja Turtles. And I'm so hyped to play it. Um, and of has course, that not been like semi leaked forever though? It like, has. Well, it was leaked that. that they were doing Ninja Turtles, but that could mean a lot of things. Because it could have been the new TV show. It could have been the IDW comics. It could have been the original comics. It could have been the 80s show. It could be. It could have been a weird combination thereof. Um, but we'll get into the details on that a little bit more. I have something saved for that later. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. I really want to play it. Unfortunately, we're in a quarantine. So anywhere that would get it will not be open. Uh, for who knows I'm how long. I'm not getting it. You're, Harry, you can take so that you're one not, on. You're not getting it? Stranger Things, so... Yeah, we just, we just got, got Stranger Things, so we... just we, got a new machine. Yeah, so we, we can't just get a new machine right away. But I think Somebody it is... wants to come buy my Tommy. Somebody come yeah. buy my Tommy, and then we'll we'll yeah. talk. Um, but we, we might... Don't be Tommy. I, I, I know it jumped up to, like, the top of our, like, priority list, because um, it looks great. Um, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that later. Um, I also don't call you out, Harry, but Tommy does... Is Tommy okay? Tommy's like in a state of like on, but he's sleeping right now. So, you know, he's being very quiet for the okay. podcast. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know it's specifically when this, it started turning off the sounds and stuff. So we're not, all of a sudden there's not a screaming ghost in the middle of this. Yeah, no. Tommy is still cranky from New Year's when oh. somebody came over to fix him, took him apart and never put him back together again. Um, Tommy tried to kill me, so... <laughs> I do also really quickly want to shout out because um, we didn't really talk about them, but like the music themed, like strictly music themed pinball machines, I think always do really, really well. They're really popular and I think they're always made like to be really fun. And I'm the ones that I have are Metallica and uh, ACDC. Um, I'm not. A, and like, I think, yeah, I really like ACDC. I'm not a huge fan of Metallica. It's I love okay. Metallica. I love the Iron Maiden game. You um, know, it's funny because a lot of these music pins have introduced me to bands that I otherwise wouldn't listen to. Like Iron Maiden, I really was, I didn't know much about them other than Run to the Hills. And like now, because of the, the machine is great and like you're listening to that music all the time as you're playing it, it's like, well, you know, I'll listen to The Trooper now and I'll listen to oh this. And I'll God, they've, to got such good, they've got such a good library. My well, this is a tangent, but uh, I've listened to Power Slave. It's their best album. Um, but, uh, see, for me, it also, for me, pinball machines, a lot of them, cause I'm uh, filthy casual with these things, but like the theming and how it's integrated into stuff goes a long way for me. Um, which is one of the reasons I like some of the games I like more than others. Um, but like, so that's one of the reasons I like Monster Bash, but it's fun to play too. Um, but well, we'll talk about some of our games that we think are underrated. Um, and one of them for me is the Deadpool machine. Um, which, which is one of the ones we have at the store. I'm not a... It's based on the comics, which I think is cool because it allows you to play with more stuff uh, in terms of, like, bringing it into it. But I'm not a big fan of Deadpool. It's just the game has so many modes and then everything's stackable. And just, I don't know, it's just... It's hard to describe because pinball machines, like, kind of have to have a flow to them. And unless, like, you're you're playing them, it's hard to kind of get that across. But I really like Deadpool. Yeah, uh, Deadpool, it's funny because that game came out, um, I think it was right after Iron Maiden, and Iron Maiden was a big hit for Stern, and so a lot of pinball players 
uh, looked at it and they saw that it wasn't based on a movie. It didn't curse at them constantly. And they were like, this is a disappointment. I don't want anything to do with this machine. Um, and they didn't really give it a chance. And then it got out on location and word of mouth was came really positive. And like that game has started to come around, which is something that usually when like a pinball machine gets a bad reputation, it kind of stays with that bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Deadpool has like done this upward swing lately where a lot of players are coming around to it and trying it out for the first time and seeing that, you know, if you have it set up and it, it is kind of finicky with the setup, but if you have it set up properly, um, you, you're going to have a really good time with it. I, just, I don't like that's fine. <laughs> we, I, all the pinball people I know, almost none of us have agreements on anything other than we just generally like the, the, the tape, you know, the, the hobby in general. It's um, very subjective. I'm bad at it. Yeah. That's not the reason why. No, it's very subjective. And it's funny because uh, Deadpool was designed by George Gomez, who designed one of your other favorite games, Monster Bash. So it's funny that you liked that one, Scott. And yeah, there's see, this and comment. I didn't know that when we got Deadpool. Well, I didn't, I didn't get into Monster Bash really until very recently. Uh, it was something I always was interested in. But like I said, there's no real place around here that has a copy worth playing. Um, yeah. But they, they released it on Pinball FX3. Uh, they've been doing license tables now, and like, that's one of the ones I picked up. They put they put it out last Halloween, um, but I've really been able to kind of enjoy it uh, with that. I know digital tables are very different to playing in real life, but it's. I know I'm gonna caution you. Yeah. Be careful talking about that. But like, it does for me. It, it they're they're good tools. Well, a it lets me just play pinball while I'm stuck at home, but b they're they're good tools, and like, I can kind of like learn the different strategies and. Uh, like you know, like where I'm, where I need to shoot to get to certain modes, with the safety of just like, well, I don't have to go out to a store. I don't have to pay for, you know, I pay for it once, and then I, I can play with it forever and kind of practice. And but when you go out to a, a real location, like it's a totally different animal. Um, yeah, it, I think it is a good tool for like at least learning the rule sets, and or at least like seeing the layout of a game, um, but. You can you can kind of get a feel for where certain shots are going to be and uh, yeah, I I, 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 mean, I enjoy it yeah. We have the uh, the Vertigo, uh, which is a digital. It's, I mean, you can play a bunch of ROMs and stuff, but like, what we got it for was for virtual pinball, um, and I actually really enjoy it. Uh, I also do like. I know you can play a bunch of actual real life games, but I like the tables that they create that like, you know, aren't possible. Then yeah. they're strictly digital. Like, cause I know you, cause I know the, the pinball effects team, like you have a bunch of their Marvel tables on that. And they usually have elements that like are impossible in real life. Like yeah. they shoot the ball somewhere and then like Venom will like grab it with his webs and take it off the play field and things like that. The Venom one is my favorite. I know that too. one's your favorite. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And the licensing on those are easier than physical tables. You know, you have a lot of uh, different scenes and things that can be recreated that they don't do for physical tables. So, and I assume it's um, it's, it's different licensing because because when it's digital, it probably just counts as video game, versus yeah. this is like a, a, probably a, a category all onto its own. Because I don't want to say it's a toy, even though they usually have toys in them, or you know something like that uh, to, to bash or whatever. Um, but I don't know yeah. if you guys have any other under, un, underrated games you'd like to shout out real fast i i have one i want to shout out shout out and um i it's in bridget's collection uh so i will speak nicely about one of her games 
it is X-Men, uh, which is when I looked at the pin side, there's a uh, website called Pinside where pinball nerds like us uh, will rate and review different games. And X-Men is ranked 61st uh, on their list, which I think is way too low. Um, wow, really? I was going to say that's kind of high. Yeah, 61st oh, well, out of every pinball game that ever existed. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there, you look at the top 100, and I think there's other games that are should be uh, ranked lower than X-Men. But um, the, the reason why X-Men gets a bad rap is the voice acting is really bad. Um, it's really cringy. But the game itself is really deep, and, and there are modes, and there's strategy, and there's different, uh, you collect all the different X-Men, and you battle Magneto, and it has really cool features on the table. Um, the premium has a, a ramp that moves, and a spinning disc, and magnets. And yeah, it's a, I have to say, yeah. the multi-ball on X-Men, uh, the Magneto one, is probably one of my favorite multi-balls. Because if, if you get all four balls captured, they drop down from there's like a big bash toy of Magneto um, and they drop down from where he's captured them uh, onto this metal spinning disc and one ball gets captured in the center and the other three balls start to spin around it. And the first time I saw that, I lost my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing and they're all just spinning around and then they all shoot towards you. It's like, Mind. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. a good. That's a good integration of the license because you got a guy who does things with magnets. Magnets are a big part of a, a feature that have been in pinball machines for a long time. So you might as well do magnetic things in it. Like I, I know Harry and I have had this discussion about the Star Wars game that Stern came out with a couple years ago, where it's like I'm surprised they didn't use magnets because it'd be like, oh, use the Force, you know. But Atmosphere right. has, has magnets and stuff in it too. Right, right. And and like I almost put Star Wars on this list, but it's ranked 42nd out of the top 100. I think it's um, too high. I don't like Star Wars. Well, I mean, a lot of people have issues that it's a very barren play field. I mean, it's really just shoot the shots. There's no magic, really, that, that fits the theme. Like, there's no magnets for the Force or anything like that. And there were other two other Star Wars tables that also had, like, pros and cons. And some of them had more features than what this newest one had. So um, I chose X-Men instead. X-Men is my underrated game that I want to, you know... All right, I want to go forward. on the record and say Star Wars isn't bad. It's just, I can't wrap my head around how to play it. Because I've seen you and Brian, like, destroy that machine, like, every single time you play it. And I'm like, I don't get it. Your it's strategies deep. There's a lot of rules. There's yeah. a lot of different modes and things like that. But, uh, but It's a little disheartening to play, like, games with you guys sometimes, because <laughs> you're so good at it. And it's like anytime I get paired up against you or Brian or Ken or like, you know, any of the top guys in the league, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to hate this game no matter how much I love it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's better when Bridget and I are kind of in the same like uh, tier. Yeah. When I'm like, or, or bottom upper lower barrel, middle. Yeah. I'm like so, living my best life. I mean, a lot of that might go, we might talk about it later in tips and tricks, but like, you know, there, there are rules. And there are rules within rules. And like Star Wars is one of those rules within rules with like a multiplier sandwich in between. And like, if you don't know those rules and the complex order of things in that game, then the scoring is way out of whack with somebody who does knows, know, you know, the secrets and somebody who doesn't, it's much different than a game like, let's say stars over here where like, you know, you have to hit this, that, and the other three things. And if you do that, then you're going to score well, you know, it's, it's something else you have to watch out for with these different machines is the rules knowledge. 
and and how much of a, a difference that can make. And I think that kind of takes into like my um, my games that I think are underrated, which is not really like a single game, but yeah. I think the older games are extremely underrated because now the new games have all of these fun bells and whistles, the magnets, the bash toys, and all of that. But like I have five, I would say older games, and maybe it's just our league. But anytime people get like Gorgar or Paragon or Lost World or Dragon, they huff and puff, and they're like, "Oh, this sucks." But I, I'm one of those yeah, people. I, um, I think because I mostly cut my teeth on the newer stuff. For me, it's not so much that they don't have modes or anything. It's just they they feel so much slower than I'm used to that it, it changes how I have to play the game. That's what, uh, what's the one you guys, what's the one is it that has the two flippers? Like they're Paragon. right next to each other. It's Paragon, right? Paragon. I've started that in Lost World. I've started getting into, uh, at least. Paragon is my dad's favorite game. Um, so we always fight together when he comes to visit. Uh, but I think like dragon, I would say is my only got leave. I think is one it? of my own leaps. I don't know, yeah. uh, but yeah, it got right. is what's that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. That's you your only. So, yeah, uh, and like got other leaps, than like tales from the crypt or like something like that. That is that's bad. I thought that was bad. Right? Um, tales from the crypt. Isn't that a system three? Well, now you guys are talking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, we'll. Um, That's why I want people who are more experts on things that I'm interested in. Because, like, you guys could talk about solid states and how they work and talk about solenoids. And I'm like, I'm sure people are finding this super more interesting because they know what they, they know what you're talking about. Um, but, like, yeah, so... Uh, uh, I'm so stupid. Yeah. Um, but, no, uh, the older machines have a charm to them. Like, the sounds are very different than what you get now. Um like I said, I like the simple things. It's like, oh, hit that spot. I can do that. Where some of the, it's almost yeah. like more. It's not more skill involved, but I feel like the skill is more apparent in an older game. It's more specialized. I would argue that there's more skill involved. I mean, because like like I said before, it's, you're not going to lose because somebody knew how to crank a multiplier up to forty times, like in Star right. Wars. You know, you're going to lose because you didn't nudge that one last second on the right. machine like you should have. Um, like so with I the mean, older, uh, newer games, it's more like in the competitive scene, there's more technical knowledge involved. Yeah. Where with the older games, it's really just like, <laughs> did you trap the ball the right way on that game? <laughs> oh, well, it it drained. So there's also something really refreshing to know that like you could play a game and have a good game and it's over in like 10 minutes. Uh, or, you know, but if you have a really good game on a newer game, you've got to set aside like a half an hour, 45 minutes to, to play this thing through. Uh, so I don't know. That's, that's like, I'll, I'll come home and I'll play stars, you know, a couple times, you know, I'll get through three games before I get done one game of Ghostbusters or something. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, sorry. You can go. Sorry. <laughs> I just like, if I'm playing a game in league and it's, you know, um, like Adam's family or theater, my worst enemy against like the top guys. I'm, I know that I'm, I'm boned cause they just know the game better than I, but if we're playing on dragon, 
I know I have a real shot to beat them. As I was saying, I know different players that we know have different preferences for eras of machine. Like, I think Brian really likes the solid states, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where he he likes he prefers those older games. Um, I don't want to speak for anyone else. I like the newer ones uh, again, just because they're more what I I'm into. I like how they're able to do way more with the theming and things. Because even if you can can compare, like say the the 90s Jurassic Park versus the new one that Stern just put out last year. Was it last year or was it two years ago? Last year. Well, yeah, last it was year. last summer, right? Um, mm-hmm. They can do way more stuff with it now because I don't know if it's like with the original one, like they kind of had to crank it out to get it out while the movie was still relevant. Um, but we were able to like, even with the games we have in the store because I moved them around a whole bunch, like just the way technology works is like Mario is the oldest game we have but it's like 40 times heavier than any of the new Sterns we have just because the the computers and all the bits in it are so much more primitive and big. So heavy. Oh, Mario is a lot of fun. I get why it's not as popular because it's, it's one of those games where like it is very simple, the modes, but like I like shooting it because it's like, well, I know I just need to do the loops and just kind of get into the routine for that, and then you get good at shooting the castle shot, and you're pretty much, you've got that game on lock. But there's a fun charm to those kinds of games too. That I like to pick it up every once in a while. I don't want to always like be on the, like the edge of my seat in like Ghostbusters because you're so close to being able to lose all of these like things you've built up at any given moment. Um, I I'd say my favorite era is probably like the the Bally Williams of the '90s. Um, I think that that's just every it's more than just era because every manufacturer has a different feel i mean that's going to sound weird to like a non-pinball player but like the flippers and the mechs that these different manufacturers used were were different so like they they feel and they play differently uh based on what era and what manufacturer you're playing in that era so like for me the ballet williams of the 90s that's that's the sweet spot bridget's laughing at me Ed sounds so nerdy. <laughs> uh, it does. I know. I know. But I mean, it's true. Um, I, even like the silliest things, like I could change the rubbers on a flipper and you guys will come up to me and be like, there's something different. Like, what did you do? Oh, well, <laughs> just one thing, but you noticed it. <laughs> well, yeah, even moving a machine around, like if we were to change the location in the store, they play totally differently. We have to completely uh, relearn the game just because you know, we'll re-level it, but, like, the ground might not be exactly the same, so, like, it changes how the game plays. And, like, even if you have, you know, like, we each have an Adams family, but, like, our two games play completely different from one another, where that, like, I kind of don't like playing it in the league downstairs because I'm used to the one up in our store, and, like, it completely throws me off because all of your shots feel different. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the rules are still the same. The, the, you, what you're supposed to do is still the same, but the exact spot on the flipper where you need to flip it to make the ball go where you want it to go, it'll be completely different on, you know, two of the same machine, um, two different copies. So it's it's one of the other things I like about pinball because you can you can go to these different tournaments and think you know a game inside and out, and then be completely surprised well, when it, you step up to it. It makes every game feel unique, like almost like they're like alive and have their own little personality. Like that's the nerdiest thing we've said so far, I would say. <laughs> um, I also, I don't know how true this actually is um, because I'm kind of basing it more on like with some of my arcade games, like uh, some games can't be next to each other because they'll interfere in weird ways. 
like you'll get weird stuff on the screens. So like, I don't know if maybe something like that um, happens with games. Like maybe they play differently when they're next to certain games. I've got my I've got my next complaint for my next oh, tournament okay. down there. I'm you sorry, this machine was too close to another machine. It interfered <laughs> with my ball, and I shouldn't have lost it. Uh, anything to give people more excuses, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, that's excuses. Well, I guess with uh, that, but no, Scott, you you mentioned something yeah, that uh, I wanted to point out really quick. Like you could be a very good uh, retro video game player, right? Like you could you could be a speedrunner for Super Mario because you memorize the exact patterns and when you need to jump where and and what frame you know you need to do. And that's going to be the same every time you play it. Those frames are always going to be the same. Well, when be, you're playing pin oh, pinball, yeah, it's it's always a different game every time you every time you start it up. I need to say so. this, otherwise we'll get swamped with comments. Oh boy, uh, you can, they are different depending on your inputs uh, and what kind of TV and system you're playing on because you'll get different kinds of input. Okay, like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I take it back. Never mind. I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. I just know the comment section. And I just want to get Did ahead. I say Mario? I just want to get ahead of that right now. I meant Pac Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, because if you play Pac Man on a main versus on a dedicated machine, yeah. don't go there because I can all go. Right. I, meant, I meant Galaga. I meant Galaga. You can memorize the patterns in Galaga. But I know what you mean. Where it's, it's it really a computer is. program, so it's in theory it's the same every time. Whereas right. pinball, yeah, there's computer program elements to it, but because it's a physical thing you're playing with, like that will never be the same. And the game, in you know, an individual game will change over time because as the ball rolls around and hits things, it it kind of damages it as it plays. They're a little bit like owning a car. As soon as you start yeah. using it, it starts deteriorating yeah. in value. It's just like a matter of time before something breaks. Yeah. Like think about every single game just has a health bar you can't see. Every time someone plays a game, the health bar is going down. That might be the nerdiest thing I've said this whole time. So. I'm sure there's still plenty of time. I'm sure we'll pop ourselves soon. <laughs> um, have you met us? You know, so That's the level of podcast yeah. in a nutshell. So this is the nerdiest thing. One of, one of us has a Star Trek <laughs> podcast, so, you know. And now I have a oh. podcast where I talk about whatever nerdy thing I feel like, uh, which includes pinball when you came on. So, you know, what's that saying about yeah, all of us? I know. What does is, what is it say about me? <laughs> uh, but no, it's all good. The, you know, you got to be you gotta be passionate about what you're into. Um, but that said, you know, I know we were ta we've talked about League a little bit uh, a couple of times over the course of the, the discussion here. Um, so we should probably mention um, we both have had uh, various leagues in our, our stores, or I keep calling your arcade a store just because that's what I'm used to calling places in the mall. Um, well, you know, right when the pandemic hit, we were, you can spend your money there. Yeah, uh, right when the I pandemic hit, I know we were in the middle of our, our most recent pinball league. Uh, we're hoping to kind of get back into that when we, we can be opened up again. But you guys have had, you, you know, downstairs, you guys have had a pretty big one going on for a while. The South Jersey pinball has kind of moved in. Uh, I've been doing your home. I feel very fortunate to have everyone. Um, it's great. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Well, you know, some well, of the, yeah. league. So, you know, some of the challenges that go into you know, like putting a league together and like some some different formats that people might be interested in, uh, potentially hearing yeah. about. So, I don't know. I know Harry has experience setting up the leagues at our store too. It was very challenging for me, you know, because. 
someone came in and said, hey, I have this fully formed league. Can we use your games? And I said, okay. Yeah. So That's... unfortunately, I don't really have a very strong background in what it's like to set one up. Well, now you get and to... Yeah. Fine with, um, the women's league but yeah. that's still just a thought in my head i think it's a good thought i think you should do it um I, yeah i really do i think you've got a lot of interest uh in this area for for something like that so you know like believe it or not when we have league uh not a lot of women come actually it's normally just me yeah i was about to say you get to know like a pretty wild group of characters on a first name basis coming into your store every week to I really wish we could see a bit more diversity in league because it is typically um, just older white men. Um, and I'm starting, so, I'm starting to slip into that category there. So <laughs> more people of color, like I think that would be really fun because in general, I do get a lot of diversity throughout the week um, with you know young couples and families. And older people and teenagers of, you know, all all sorts of people. But anytime I see someone take an interest in pinball, I try so hard to get them to come to league. And I think it's intimidating for a lot of people I think so too. to see this close group. Uh, an idea might be maybe like instead of the South Jersey Pinball League, because it's a lot of the same people have been doing it, have been in that league for a long time. Um so we all kind of know each other. Not that everyone in it is like a pro, but maybe it might be worth doing like, hey, this is a starter league, or maybe this is a league for like teenagers, something like that. Um, diff- so, you know. so one of the things that um, what we've found is when we do our league is there. there is – so this is – okay, this is my nerdiest thing of the night, I think, Uh-oh. so far. Oh, yeah. uh, there is a, a sanctioning body for – competitive pinball play called the IFPA and they actually they look at tournaments and they look at the players that played in the tournament and they look at the results and they give you a ranking and you get world pinball player points for sanctioned tournaments and what that does is there there's a calendar there's a map you can find where the nearest sanctioned tournament is and when you when you have a tournament or a league that is sanctioned for these points you get a lot of people that come out that are like super aggressive and super competitive. And it's, it's what uh, can turn some new players off, you know, really often. So, you know, when, when we talk about South Jersey pinball league, like I think it's a, it's a pretty open league, but there, there is a group of players that are very competitive, have been doing this for a long time because it's a sanctioned league. Um, One of the things that we do with some of the events at level up, like we, we just don't sanction them. We just we have a pinball event and it's open and people come in and they're there for that day and they play and they they didn't even realize they were competing you know sometimes yeah because, I was about to say our most recent one was for the launch of Stranger Things um, I think we had a pretty good mix of people coming out and we had some young people do really well like um I know this is probably cheating a little bit since he works at the store but uh, John from the store just started playing pinball because we you know he works at the store now and we have pinball um, and I think he got into the finals. Maybe yeah. it was his, him and his dad got into the finals. Both of them. I think I I know I got second place in it because I kind of choked at the end, um, which was fun. But uh, no, we, I remember a lot of kids came out and played. Some of them were were in cosplay, which was cool. Uh, no, like I think I, as much as I love our sanctioned stuff, it is a very different beast than uh, just our casual things. And I like the vibe 
personally, I like the vibe of our casual stuff because it's more like lighthearted and fun, um, which is usually what we try to go for. We try to be very inclusive to basically anyone uh, who comes to the store for any reason, especially with our events. Yeah. It's just tough because there's there is a player base. You know, we're based out of South Jersey, and believe it or not, there are enough crazy pinball people in this area that you know would fill a 35 40 person tournament event and so they're they're starved for any kind of pinball competition at all and you know it's hard to turn anybody away um so you know you, you kind of you, you've got both uh factions of players that you're trying to balance which is which is tricky when you're when you're setting up a tournament i just wish more women would come and more young people because i really like all of you guys so much but there's the age gap is there and it's very prevalent sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it's, yeah. it's good to get young people in, inside of this stuff too, because you know, that's they're they're going to be your future regular, you know, customers. But I am excited that we just have an arcade back in the area. Um, Cause just for yeah. speaking anecdotally, it's nice. Sometimes when I open the store, I can come down there for like an hour or whatever and just blow off some steam. I'll, well, usually when I do that, I'll just play like uh, like I'll just play Medieval Madness, and then that'll be it. Uh, but yeah, it's fun when you can kind of stick to one game. It's when I play in league, like you have to rotate around. Um, but like you said, there's when we, when we play league, the the eventually the the program we use that kind of ranks people eventually kind of puts people that are playing similarly together. So you generally won't get too you you'll generally get with people that are like your skill level. So it's not, you might get kind of crushed in the first round or two, but then you kind of get, so I'm kind of usually in the bottom tier. So it's more like people just kind of playing for fun and we're just sort of hanging out. Um, but basically, if you want are interested in, in getting a pinball, I would say do league, but bring a couple of friends because you can just hang out in between rounds and it's fun. Um, I, and I, like, I, I, I don't think you need to be super competitive to have a lot of, have a good time in doing this stuff. No. Generally, like, the value is there. Like, even if you only do it once, what is it? $15 your first time with us? Yeah. And you get a solid, probably three hours of playing pinball. Um, so just, you drop that $15 just one time and you could either find like a really great hobby or, you know, at least you, you did something. Yeah. Because yeah. that's cheaper than if you were to try to play our games upstairs for the same amount of time or your games for the same amount of time, right? Yeah. Or go to a movie or something. You know, it's yeah. $15 just to go to a two-hour movie. Here you get, you know, three, four hours of, of entertainment. Interactive fun. Yeah. yeah. And you get to talk to people. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, I, which think, I think a lot of people are going to be starved for after this. <laughs> yeah. I think you might have your biggest pinball league uh, uh, ever at the only back from this. Um, and don't worry, everything is going to be sanitized. Oh no, we we're we've been very we've had a very strong cleaning regimen upstairs. I know you've been downstairs doing the same thing. Um, and even before this, you guys clean the machines like all the time. Mm -hmm, every night. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I I I think there's a lot of value. Um, if this seems like something you're mildly interested in, I would say either you know come down to either of our arcades. Uh, and try out some stuff and see maybe you might like it. Um, I would say uh, Harry's been doing tutorials for our games on our YouTube page. Um, so, And I know we just posted the Deadpool game uh, tutorial. So if any of these sound mildly interested, uh, what have we got done? We did Super Mario Brothers, 
Uh, we did Star, Star Wars, Wars, and now we have Deadpool, and uh, we still have Adams and eventually Stranger Things uh, to put on the docket. I know Stranger Things is still getting code updates, um, so I know yeah, that's why, why one of the reasons we waited on Deadpool. It's because they kept adding new modes and like changing how. Is it out version one yet? Yes. Nope. Oh no, no. It's Stranger not. Things is. Oh, well, Deadpool is, but Stranger yeah. Things isn't. No. Uh, I know they've had another... a few, few updates since lockdown, though. Yeah. So I mean, for those of you who are new to pinball, like they will come out with updates, like like downloading an update for you know a, a PlayStation game or an Xbox game. But unlike you know those, you can't really change what's on the play field. But what you can change is the rules, uh, the scoring, and things like that. So you almost get a new game sometimes because uh, the designers find out that, oh, this is a bug, or the players are all just shooting this one thing, and we want them to experience the rest of the game. Ghostbusters here, like, I don't know, three years later, came out with, like, this whole brand-new wizard mode that, you know, that nobody was really expecting. So um, Iron Man just got an update over <laughs> the quarantine, and it's really? from 2010. So oh yeah, my God. I was gonna say, like, and it's really nice. It's really good. I was gonna say, even over the year that Deadpool was like its first year, like uh, they added uh, the mech suit multi ball. Um, I, did they add so? I know, yeah, they added Sauron stuff. Well, they also All added the wizard. Like, yeah, they added the yeah they added the wizard modes. They added like a ton of like the UI stuff, a bunch of animations, uh, more shot like call out lines. Just like a ton of like stuff that kind of the game feels totally different now, even though it's the same basic game. Um, yeah, and, which is, which is, yeah, which is cool. cool. It's it's fun to see them evolve over time. But I do think it's like a word of caution to anyone who's thinking about buying a newer game, because if you buy it from launch, like a year later, you might hate what they do with the updates. Um, so that's why, like, or I personally don't try to buy anything new until it's at least at version one <laughs> or you know you buy it and it's really empty i mean they had a deadline that they needed to meet in toward in order to get the game out and shipped and they were like all right our coders will just fix it later so like there may be complete features that are are on the play field like oh i should have you know this mode and it's not there uh when you first buy the game it's going to come later and you don't know when later is going to be there's no release schedule for these things so yeah, that's that's a really good point, Bridget. That like you know, if you if you go in early day one, you might not have everything that you're supposed to out of the box. Well, hopefully, like you really love the franchise or the aesthetic of the game. Yeah, uh, that goes like because I'm casual. That goes a long way for me. Um, but we can talk a little bit about this. Like, what are some of your favorite elements in pinball games? I, for one, love bash toys. Uh, they're one of my favorite things. I love having a big stupid thing to hit. Um, so, like, one of my favorite games is Attack from Mars. It's got a mothership you can destroy, which has drop target, like, four shields. There's aliens on the sides you need to hit, and then there's certain roads where they start shaking because you have to hit them. Like, it, it's, it makes shooting that stuff a lot more fun, in my opinion. But, you know, mm. the other ones I mentioned, Deadpool's got a bash toy. There's a little Deadpool bobblehead. Uh, Medieval Madness has a castle and a drawbridge and stuff you have to smash. Um, I, we talked about Magneto. That also has a Wolverine you have to hit, too. Um, that's one of my favorite features, and uh, it doesn't make or break a game for me. Because like I still like Adam's Family and stuff, but like those things I really like in pinball games. Uh, for me, I, I like repeatable upper uh, flipper shots that like go in a loop. So uh, an example of this is Star Trek for uh, Stern's uh, newer Star Trek game, not the Next Generation, the but the, uh, the one based on the 
Abrams movies, yeah. there's a repeatable loop shot up there with the upper flipper that will increase the warps of the Enterprise. So like they call it out warp warp one, warp two, warp three, and like it gets like you get excited as the game is like telling you how awesome you're doing because you keep hitting this repeatable shot, which it, it, I, I like those kinds of uh, elements in pinball. Like Whirlwind has one, yeah. Whirlwind has one. You it? usually miss it and hit the upper ramp, uh, the the ramp, and then it'll feed something else. But there is one in Whirlwind that you can you can loop. I don't know if this really counts, but I like it when games do like original IP. Um, like obviously, you know, superhero themes and movie themes are really fun because like you see that thing and you're like, well, I know what that is. Like I know what Jurassic Park is. Like look at scenes from the movie. That's so cool. But like I like it when they take a chance on something totally new and original and like I don't have any Jersey Jack games, but like his dialed in or that was his first one or was Wizard of Oz. Uh, Wizard of Oz was his first one, but what dialed in was his first original yeah. IP. Yeah. And I just feel like in this day and age, like no one's taking chances on something new and original. They just want to make money if I'm being pessimistic. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's easier to sell when people, I understand that too. Cause like, since we're more of a casual operator, um, so like the theme and license kind of goes a long way with like, Oh, this would probably be a good fit for the store versus, uh, you know, like we don't want to like Elvira or something might not do as well for us. Like the, the biggest success story for that was actually very recently with total nuclear annihilation. Oh, that game is uh, so awesome. It was, yeah. it was completely an original IP that somebody designed in like their garage and a uh, pinball manufacturer came, scooped them up, bought it and decided to put it out as is didn't slap a license on it. And it's like this weird eighties uh, retro synth wavy kind of game. And they were able to put so much really uh, unique items and elements in that game because you don't have a licensor that you have to go get approvals for. You don't have to, you know, go through all these red tape and, and hoops. You can just do whatever you want. So like that game had a cooperative mode, which was like the first game to do that. They had a team up. You could do two V two right there in the game. And um, so, you know, that that's original IP is, is it's great. And it's something that, yeah, like, like you said, Bridget, I wish more, the smaller, you see like the smaller manufacturers being more willing to do that than like yeah. bigger, well, bigger fish. To be cynical then, with I the mean, smaller manufacturers, probably they can't afford the licenses and they have to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that manufacturer had like, uh, up to that point, it was, I think it was an Alice, well, no, they didn't even have Alice Cooper yet. They had uh, Rob Zombie. They had like a Rob Zombie game and that was their license and that was it. I feel like home homebrew pinball is like such a whole other beast to tackle. Well, that's um, so tough to do. You have to be like an engineer to put that. All, all I can think about is that Undertale pinball that I saw on Pinside. Wait, that's yeah, there's, there's, I haven't seen that. There's an Undertale pinball. Oh my made. god, it's amazing! I would highly recommend you it's check it out. It's probably worth playing just for the soundtrack alone. Oh my god! Oh gosh. yeah, so um, but there they are like, the whole thing. There are pinball shows where you get a chance to play a lot of these homebrew games. Um, I played a Nightmare Before Christmas one that was just awesome. And awesome. it was just like I said, it was a guy in his garage and he's like, this is what I'm going to make. Um, and I'm going to bring it to different shows for people to play. And if somebody picks it up, they pick it up uh, to ma mass manufacture. But until then, it's his one of one copy of Nightmare Before Christmas or Undertale. Um, or there's a Sonic Spinball one that somebody's working on right now oh, that has awesome. like the 
first loop. It has an actual loop that the pinball goes through, which is really cool. So uh, um, I was about yeah. to say, like, I guess you could like sort of kit bash a bunch of old pinball machines to make one. That's one way you could yeah. go. Like I said, you need to know what you're doing. I see. I've I've seen you guys work on pinball machines, and I can't figure out what's going on with them. It's just like a big mess of wires and lights and. I, really, I, it makes it makes me appreciate it makes me appreciate you guys being able to operate on these things uh, all the more. But every time I open a game, I learn something new. Yeah, <laughs> whether I like it or not. Uh, for me, it's just a lot of YouTube, a lot of YouTube, a lot of pin side forums and tutorials because everybody's had your problem before and they've probably posted about it online to walk you through it. So that's one of the, uh, for the me, community I'm hurting myself. Oh yeah. Shocking yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, safe, have, yeah. if I touch this, if I unplug this, uh, oh, I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess so I don't recommend other people doing that. <laughs> Look it up first. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that, that leads us into kind of like, uh, we can do some quick tips and tricks uh, for people that may not know, like some general ones, because obviously there's different strategies and hidden shots even in uh, various games specifically. But I know, as a newer player, one of the things I, I need to get better at is uh, shaking the machines. Um, I'm really scared to, wow. to, to wow. go at them. You need to get better doing that, yeah. I promise. Shake those machines. No. If you're not tilting, you're not trying. No. Banned. Banned right now. Harry's banned. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some uh, people like basically throw them. I don't want to do that, but... Uh, I try everything in my power to make them hard to move, and you people still people find a so way. So within it is there is a, a fair amount of shaking that you're allowed to do to a machine. There is a a plumb oh. bob inside the machine that it will sway as the machine moves, and it will hit a metal contact if it's being moved too much. And the it'll game will usually give you one to two warnings about that. And if you've done it too much, it will tilt, and it'll take away all your bonus. The flippers will shut down. The machine will turn off. Everybody behind you will go, ooh, you did something bad. I know Deadpool calls you out in Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of them you. have fun call outs. I like uh, Fun House says, relax, it's only pinball. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool, but, you Deadpool's know, warnings are pretty great. Sometimes that can save your ball from going out of the out lanes. And like that, that's essentially giving you an extra ball in a game that, you know, you've saved yourself and you you get to live the fight, fight on. So. Probably in a casual setting, not really necessary, but in a competitive sense, that's really my hinge on you moving forward in a tournament or not. Yeah. Um, one that I think is important for new players is uh, to try to slow the game down as much as you can. And what I mean by that is you don't need to flip every time the ball comes down to your flippers. Um, a lot of people will flip both flippers at the same time. We call it like walrus flipping because they kind of <laughs> look like a walrus slapping the size of the machine, but you can actually let the ball come down and hit the flipper and uh, it'll actually bounce without you pushing the button. It'll bounce over to the other flipper, depending on where on the flipper it's going to fall and how fast it's going. Um, you'll see, you'll be really surprised by how little you actually need to flip the flippers to, to keep the ball in play. Um, and if you do start doing little techniques like that, like letting the ball come down and bounce over, uh, it'll slow the ball down and you can hold the button in and hold the flipper up and it'll cradle the ball in like kind of the crook of the flipper and the uh, the edge of the in lane. And you can just hold the ball there and then you can stop 
and think about, all right, what do I need to do in this game to score some more points uh, before you just flip it away, you know? So you're not constantly on the seat of your pants trying to fly. fly I wish I had a, like, video comparison of, like, when I first started playing to now because I'm sure the number of times I flip is dramatically different. Yeah. Um. the old play field yeah um i think my biggest tip for new players especially is um if you're not sure about something or you know you have a question and you're playing in a league just ask somebody like 99.999% of the time, the person you ask is probably going to be so thrilled to talk about pinball and try and help you. I've had so serious people explain for like 30 minutes, the best way to play a game and not like, it's not patronizing. Like they're just genuinely so excited to try and teach you the shots and like the best methods of everything. And I always walk away with, something new that i've learned so it's a really cool hobby like that the community is um just excited to have other pinball nerds to talk to and to, to teach um so you could be playing somebody not everybody but most people you could be playing somebody on a machine and they will teach you how to play that machine even though they're playing against you yeah. and like there's not many hobbies or competitive environments that are like that um i think that's something that's really cool about pinball um, one of my very first tournaments that I was ever uh, in, it was at the vault in Moorestown and um, Steve Bowden was, was there. And Steve Bowden is, uh, at the time, he was ranked the sixth best pinball player in the world. And um, I, it was my very first tournament, so I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And Steve walked me through each game. He was like, all right, well, this one, you want to do this, you want to do that. This one might be leaning a little bit, so be careful. This is this. And, this. and I, that's something that stuck with me. Um, Till now, you know, through my whole pinball playing career. And like, if I could do that for somebody else who's new, like, I think that that's like the perfect example to set uh, of how to treat new players, how to, how to welcome them into this hobby. And I think most other pinball people are sort of on that same wavelength. Yeah. I ragged on you guys before, but it's like, I have 35 dads now. So yeah, I, I will Pretty say, fun. I will say that the pinball community we've been able to cultivate in Sarah has been very, very cool like that. I know we should, like I said, we always try to be welcoming. Like our pinball league is much more for new players, um, and we try to keep it very light and fun. Our like even the people, even the sanctioned leagues, like if you don't care about IFPA in your ranking, like it's the lowest stakes possible. Um, I will say sometimes in the heat of the moment you might be into it and be like, oh, I, you know. But overall, most people are 
like I, when I play, I don't care. I'm not playing to win. I'm only ever playing against myself, and I want to do better now this time than I did before. Um, and if it just so happens, like I'm playing with you, like I might care to also beat you, but like I don't care. As long as we're all having fun, it's all good. And if I make, I can help you become a better pinball player. It'll make us have better games with each other. So it's 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 kind of a a give and a take kind of thing. Um. Plus, sometimes it's just fun to watch people play, and like you can see someone get good. And I've seen people that started playing who are now better than I am, uh, which, to be fair, isn't too tough to do. Um, but it's it's interesting to see to watch that. Um, but it's it's, it's fun because you can you know with scoring and whatnot, you can see if you're getting better for yourself or not. Yeah. I love watching other people play. I just think it's fascinating. I just love watching other people play games. I. Just in general. That's fine. I, I always learn something when I watch other people play. You know, oh, I didn't think about that shot or I didn't think about that strategy. Like there, there's something you can learn um, through that experience, which, you know, and I think something both of you hit on for new players, experience is key. Yes. Like if you had a, a really bad first time you walked up to a machine, you lost the ball right away. Like don't give up. I mean, you know, the more times you play that machine, the more you'll get used to it, the more you'll get used to the way the ball bounces across the machine. And you'll get better, you know, it might not happen right away, but you'll get better the more you play it and, and just increase your experience in playing pinball in general and you'll get better. And I will say a lot of your general play experience uh, will be able to transfer from machine to machine. Like a lot of different trips to, uh, are tricks to like slow down the ball and like kind of get used to like figuring out how you're going to have to shoot it off the flippers uh, for different shots. Like I don't even look at them anymore. I can kind of, you can kind of tell. Especially with games that you play a lot of, like like the games at the store, I'm very familiar with now. Like I'm pretty good on Duncan on the Demogorgon and Stranger Things now, although John is like a, a prodigy at it. Um, he gets it in first shot every time, and it drives me crazy. Demogorgon Slayer. Yeah. Um, you know what that tells me, Scott? That yeah. tells me it's time to take a page out of Bridget's book and change all the rubbers. Yeah. All the rubbers out of all the machines. Um, yeah. I mean, too comfortable. And I know we've done some like unique rubber stuff. Like I know in Mario Brothers, we've made the rubbers uh, red and green for Mario and Luigi because they're kind of on different sides of the machine. Um, and speaking of, because yeah, if you own machines, you can kind of customize them a little bit because you put the Mario Brothers figures in that. I know you changed the pipes so they actually match piped colors from the games. Um, you can change the lighting too. I mean, like that's yeah, if you're if you're watching the video. Yeah. You can see the difference between like a game with LEDs in them and then a game that doesn't have LEDs in them and like just how, you know, much brighter it's it is. It's almost like night and day. Yeah. Um, I think my most modded game was probably Twilight Zone. Oh, or yeah. Loaded Rings also. See, a lot. I, I know you put a lot of color DMDs in your, your games. It's the mods that I noticed yeah. at least. Four of them. I like the mods on Twilight Zone are just mm -hmm. a lot of fun. We have the little TV and the um, thing that you know goes like this. Oh, the uh, oh shoots, I can't. Uh, the, well, I was thinking the clock. Didn't you put like new lighting in the clock there, or no? Um, I don't don't think the lights in my clock work. <laughs> Oh, I I, thought I have a new case for it. Yeah, it's okay. a new uh, case. Um, God, what is that called? I don't know. It's okay. It's fun. You'll remember as soon as we stop recording. So many things. There's so much like, stuff in that game. That staticky thing that like you could get at an 
like a Chuck E. Cheese for. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the plasma ball type yeah, of thing. It's plasma. not a ball. It's like a flat. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a Yeah, but, I got uh, you. Like that's fun. And the clock and I have so the many. TV, the TV is awesome because it plays actual clips from the show, which is so which cool. is really neat. Very it's distracting like, when you're playing. but And the size of a, a Christmas tree ornament. But yeah, it plays, I think, like four hours worth of of episodes. Oh, that's so. awesome. So for the last segment today, I want to talk about our dream pinball games uh, that we would potentially want. And I'll start it off because I am super spoiled because Stern's been making all of the games I really want. This new Ninja Turtles game is like everything I dreamed it could be. It's got so many modes. It's got so many characters. It pulls from the best episodes. It's got a, a party wagon in it. It's got a turtle glider. Uh, I'm that spinning disc that we just talked about. Spinning with disc. The it's got co-op modes. Like I'm so excited for it. You can pick your turtle. They have different abilities, and you level them up as you play. They each have unique characters they can summon. Like Casey Jones is for Raph, but like depending what modes you've done, like they'll have different animations and things. I am so excited for it. So like I said, I've been spoiled because I'm kind of getting mine. Um, but I don't know what kind of games you guys would love to see. Uh, in terms not of only, like not only are you getting yours, yeah. but you're getting yours with like a great design. Like the yeah. playfield looks great, the coding looks great. I mean, it's not zombie game that... design. Like, because there's art. been a turtles machine before. <laughs> oh, it stinks. Yes. I I hate the old turtles machine. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th there's a really interesting philosophy going on in pinball right now. You've got like older designers that are kind of aging out, and you've got younger, uh, new blood that's kind of coming in, and so. You know, you see this dichotomy among pinball collectors and also the pinball themes that come out and get selected to be made. So, like, you have, like, Stern went through this rash of, like, the Beatles and the Munsters. And, like, no offense if the, that is your kind of thing. And, like, Batman 66 uh, was another one. But, like, that was a very specific era of game and, and, and kind of hit a very specific market. And now, like, we've got things like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 80s, Jurassic Park. Uh, another manufacturer made uh, Stranger Things. Another manufacturer yeah. made uh, Rick and Morty. Um, so you're seeing, like, these newer themes come out that are hitting uh, people that are, are a little bit younger, maybe getting into the more disposable income to be able to, to go out and buy a machine or, or, you know, they find a machine on location that they remember. It's something from their childhood that they love. That's not necessarily from the 60s, but, you know, maybe a little bit more current than that. So I, I will say I love Batman 66, the Monsters and the Beatles. So I was I like those games as well. Um, no offense. Yeah. No offense. Um, Harry, we talked about it a little bit, but and I know I just like wax poetic about how I love original IP, but yeah. a, a Pokemon pinball machine. Uh, yeah, ones where you can. So cool. Ones where so, you can collect stuff, yeah. Yeah, especially now that we have machines that can have, uh, like, logic and saving and, like, there's there's space in these uh, machines now to do that. Some type of, like, NBA Jam style of, like, enter your initials and it remembers who you are and, like, mm -hmm. what you've collected to this point. I think that that's a slam dunk. Oh, my God. There can be two-player modes where you battle each other with the Pokemon I mean, you have. I don't really know how the technology for like dialed in works, but you could connect your smartphone to the game. So I don't know if like you create a profile on an app and then place your phone in a designated area. If anyone can do it, Nintendo can do it. <laughs> game yeah, Freak. It would, 
please. They would, I mean, with the Pokemon Go craze and like how much you you don't even have to do, you know, all 800 or 900, however right. many they have now. Just stick to the original 151 from you know the first anime and the first games, red and blue, and like you are. I, I would say do it um, Pokemon Conquest style, where they just kind of took like 50 or so of the most popular ones. So that way, you, like from the different generations of the time, so that way you can mix and match like Lucario, Pikachu, Eevee, um, some I don't know. I haven't played Sword and Shield, maybe one of the new ones from that. But you can kind of mix and match all the more popular characters. Um, I'm granted it'd probably be Gen One heavy because it's always Gen One heavy when they do that stuff. Well, that I mean, would, that would be like, great. I never even thought about that, and I used to play the Pokemon pinball games. A uh, a like public contest about voting in a poll or something like Stern is doing right now. They like own little March Madness for all their games. Yeah. Um, and then I think another thing that I would like and. Again, I don't know how many times I can say it, but it's like, I'm a girl, and I wish there were kind of more themes that girls like, because uh, a lot of it, it's uh, centered around what, you know, older white men like, so there's a lot of, what well, I think, maybe I'll get a lot of flack for this, like, unnecessary, like, sexiness in a lot of the older games. Um, and I won't lie, it makes me uncomfortable sometimes, but, uh, if I could get like a Britney Spears yeah. <laughs> machine, I think that would be so much fun. I'm surprised I they didn't make that. a Spice Girls one, like the height of Spice World Mania or whatever. But that was kind of when uh, pinball I've was no a, longer a thing. Well, I've seen a lot of rumors for like a Lady Gaga machine. Because, that would be you know, awesome. Big category uh, uh, that you could pull from. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, rap or R&B themed pinball machines yeah. for, for people. Um, so, I mean, there's huge markets that they're missing out on. And as welcoming as the community is, it's not necessarily the most welcoming environment with the themes. Um, and, and like Bridget was talking about, like there are backlashes, especially from like the seventies and the eighties of machines with just full on, like, you know, nearly naked women. And I mean, it's, you know, for, for a certain segment of the pinball playing population, that is exactly what they want. And that's what they're looking for. But like, if, if I wanted to put that game out at level up, like that, that just disqualifies it right away. I mean, Elvira to me, like that disqualifies it right away. It's just not the kind of, it's not the kind of theme and environment that we want to build in, in that space. Well, talking about Elvira specifically. I have, I have Lucy and Elvira in the back corner for a reason. <laughs> well, speaking of Elvira, like it boggles my mind she still gets games because it's like, who still cares about her? The. Yeah population who has money who will pay for those things i know i know most pinball most pinball new pinball games like are really sold to like private collectors who will, you know put it in their garage or whatever yeah um, and, and before we get you know hate mail like yes elvira you know it was it was kind of a parody to you know put the you know empower women you know using the, those kinds of things but it's like i don't know if that's the most welcoming I mean, I have I have an Elvira game, and I personally was the one who was like, "I love this game. I I'm gonna buy it. I really oh. like it." Oh, it's so, fun. Yeah, I just I yeah. just personally like. I mean, I, I don't I've see why they still make games about that. Backglasses for um, creature with uh, the girl just fully naked. Oh, really? In the back glass, yeah. And like sometimes I'll go into a forum to look up a problem. And I'll immediately exit out because there's just like the stuff that 
people are saying is like just not what I want to be looking at when I'm trying to do work. Yeah, I'll yeah. just say this might be a little bit of a preview for next episode, our L our uh, Pride Month one, but we we talk a little bit about because uh, I talk a little bit about my orientation, but uh, you know uh, that yeah, that's not something that appeals to everyone and kind of so to me it boggles my mind in that like that's a profitable like property to use. I, I think about that more than what it is and what it represents for people. Um, but that said, I'm stoked for a Pokemon game now. That'll never happen. Um, and I never even thought about Lady Gaga. I want a Lady Gaga machine now. And think about, like, the IP. Like, she's so creative and has so much, like, you know, stuff in her music videos. Like, the oh, there's so much you can do. so crazy. Right. Well, all right. So I will say uh, I think Bad Romance may be the best song ever written. Uh, I am a big Lady Gaga fan. I guess also as a spoiler for uh, the LGBT episode next week, but um, but think of the different communities that 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 pinball theme would appeal to, you know, and 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 that that are underrepresented in not only you know pinball, but in that segment, you know, video games, any kind of gaming in general, you know, there's just not there. Yeah. That's a very underrepresented uh, underrepresented community. I like. Yeah, how many games have like people of color in the picture at all? I'm thinking like Lethal Weapon three. If you count that, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's also got Mel Gibson though, so it's problematic in other ways. Um, now that you mention, I can't think of any. I'm sure there's something from the '70s. I mean, like the basketball ones, but yeah, right. Yeah, uh, there, there's a couple. Sports related. Yeah, I was about like, to say World, World Cup is because the dog's orange, so that's a person of color, right? Yeah, there's a Frank Thomas machine, uh, but you know that's one specific machine for one person. Uh, oh, how... Ghostbusters has a person of color. Yeah, that's true. Out of how many white men? <laughs> yeah, you know, just mostly. like I said, as as pinball design gets younger. And as you know, the people kind of age out that are pushing for those things. Hopefully, this will see some change and progression there. Um, let, let's hope, uh, yeah, you know, because it's it's well deserved. Um, can I throw one in, please, Scott, please. really yes. quick? Of course, um, it's it's I'll not allow it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Bridget. Um, it's not the one you think. Um, All right. uh, most people would expect me to go Back to the Future, and that's what there, I expected. There is a Back to the Future machine out. It's not very good, um, unfortunately. Is it What's that? Uh, it's Data East, yeah. yeah is it well, Data East, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it came out, it was like one of the last machines to come out from the solid state era before D&D &D machines were coming out. So they really couldn't do much with the license. There aren't scenes. I mean, there's like really, there was an issue with Michael J. Fox's likeness. So like he's not even represented on the play field properly. Um, there's all kinds of issues with that machine. So if they came out with a Back to the Future machine, I would love it, but I'm, I'm not going to use my one dream theme for the podcast on that. I want... Even though you basically just did. <laughs> I want a Blues Brothers pinball machine. And it lends itself to pinball so well. Like, you're putting the band back together. Uh, each of the different band members is like a mode. The final wizard mode is like the big performance that they all have together as the band. You all thought the about this a lot, huh? Well, well, I mean, I do. I have a paper here with all my oh my God. requested so, modes and features. So, I don't so, want to blow it off because Stern, you know, yeah. will steal them from me. But 
but yeah, no, Blues Brothers, the music is great. I, I think it would be a great, great pinball machine theme. So it's like Monster Bash, but with, you know, Dan Aykroyd. Exactly. Yeah. Using Monster Bash is like a big inspiration. You're trying to assemble the, the band and, and get everybody back together. The other thing I want to point out, and I, I want to mention it because uh, Brian is not with us uh, tonight, but uh, Brian, Scott, and I on a trip up to Silverball Museum in Asbury Park designed what I think is the most perfect pinball machine yeah. ever designed. Wasn't our friend uh, Della Werewolf with us with that too? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was there on that. I trip. might just be thinking of him because of the, the theme that we came yeah. up with, and I know he's really into it. All right, Bridget, get ready. That's good. For a Bob Ross pinball machine, okay? When okay. Yeah. you hit the shots, you get the different colors, like uh -huh. liquid white and yeah, very yellow yeah, and everything like, else. Like the bottom of the play field the would be like a, a palette, and they'll light up with the different colors you need. You, have to, you can have to make different combinations depending on what picture on the screen you're putting together. It's sort of like a paint-by-numbers thing. Um, there'll be yeah. different modes. This, this flipper will be the brush, and when he hits it, you know, it'll play a call like beat the devil out of it. Um, we can have different. He can have his animal friends like have do different like multi balls and things in it. Um, oh, I'd be so stupid. And, and the best part, the best yeah. part is when it drains. He says, "We don't make mistakes. Just, just happy little accidents." Yeah, and that's it. Every time it drains, oh, it'd be so, so chill. Good. Oh, it'd be so nice, right? Just play. Right? Wouldn't that be an instant hit? I think. The I think keep it nice and simple and like kind of easy loopy like shots. I think it would do very well. Make it a make it a much more chill game. The modes are just like pick a painting you want to paint, and then you could have a it. topper of Bob Ross's afro on on the top. I didn't of the even machine. think about a topper with his right? afro. Oh, that would be Bridget, great. Bridget, I see, I see the money signs in your eyes. You are I'm like genius idea. Yeah. Um, now that one would be fun, oh. but it's not my dream game. Uh, my my dream game kind of just came true. Well, I, I had to give that shout out because Brian's not here. But honestly, uh, I was going to bring it up at the end if you didn't. So, <laughs> but I guess that's a good place to end it. We've been going on for almost an hour and a half now, uh, which yeah. I guess I try to keep these to an hour, but they seem to always be going an hour and a half. So maybe that'll just be what it well, is. Now, when you bring on people passionate about the the subject, yeah. you know, ramble I'm, on. Yeah, and it's all things I want to talk about too, so I'm not about to stop it, you know, prematurely. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll bring it to an end here. Uh, Harry, where can people find you? So I stream uh, pinball, believe it or not, on Twitch as AC Pinball. Uh, yeah, you can find me streaming there whenever I have no set schedule, but uh, and I haven't streamed in a while, but I'll be there sometime. Or just playing pinball at Level Up Entertainment. Come on up and see yeah. us up there. I'm sure we'll have an event soon when we can start being open and having people in the store again. Um, Bridget, yeah. uh, where can people find uh, your Find Starcade at? Yes, please don't find me personally. Yeah. Um, well, I post mainly everything on our Facebook page, which if you just search Starcade, uh, we should pretty much pop up. Um, and... I we also have an Instagram. I don't know what it is. I think it's Starcade underscore AC. Um and that's it. Yeah. I would love to start a Twitch um but I don't know how to do that. So do well, maybe we can help you set out. you up while we're uh, you know all stuck in quarantine here. Definitely. I Definitely. don't understand the whole like <sighs> 
video camera angles process. We'll so. get you straightened out. Yeah, Between we'll, me and Brian, we'll yeah, get you. We'll yeah, get we'll out. get you guys figured out. I think that'd be fun if you guys started streaming stuff every once in a while. I think Absolutely. it would be cool just to like, you know, stream uh, fixing games or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Becca did a stream uh, where she fixed or modded an Atari 2600 and it was pretty popular for the store. Um, but anyway, that's ending the uh, podcast today. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, special thanks to my guest, Harry and Bridget here. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like to see us tackle in the future, please leave a comment or contact us at contact at levelupentertainment.com. Next time, our topic is going to be our Pride Month special where we talk about queer representation in the media. Until then, be safe out there.